0: And welcome, everybody, to Dark Feather Gaming. This is our gaming news podcast. And as always, this is Thor here with...
1: And Sasquatch Senpai.
0: All right. So going into our new format, we'll start things uh, with favorite game updates here. And I had a few things that fell in this purview. Um, So for those who don't know, of course, Legend of Dragoon is now on... uh, PlayStation Plus, uh, I believe it's the extra... No, you have to have premium tier for the classics, but you can purchase it from the PSN PSN store as well. Um, it had a little bit of a shaky start. There were a lot of bugs, some of them a little bit game-breaking. I know one of the major ones mentioned uh, was the inability to use Dragoon Magic, which is pretty bad. Um, luckily... Update 1.02 is now live and fixes these game-breaking issues. So you can now feel free to try that out if you have a PS4 or 5. Uh, it has a full trophy list that's pretty simple. It's it's mostly just acquiring characters and getting beating certain bosses, getting to certain points in the game. So it's it's a pretty like Just finish playing through the game and you'll get the trophies trophy. Um, There's a separate trophy list for PS4 and PS5. So you can double platinum on that as well. Then over um, on our Final Fantasy 14 news... Um, They have announced that Friday, March 24th, there's going to be uh, some announcements during the PAX East convention. So hopefully we'll get some information on upcoming patches. I don't expect uh, at this time to hear anything about when or what the new expansion will be. Probably saving that for the Fan Festival this summer. Um, but I imagine they will make some announcements about upcoming patches that will happen before then. Then swinging on into industry news. Uh, sir, sir, sir,
1: I have a favorite game. of Oh,
0: well, it was not in the discord, so I did not know.
1: Oh, well, sometimes I just <laughs> save stuff. All right. What do you Um, got? So coming here in patch 10.1 for World of Warcraft, a few major things are changing. Guilds will now be Horde and Alliance, if you so choose. Um, This sort of thing kind of started back in the previous expansion, Shadowlands, 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 um, where your groups through Group Finder could mix both different factions. Um so this will just be an option for people to be able to play their favorite race and it's also kind of an option since it's about a 70% 30% split in favor of horde for the player base. So the alliance is just kind of suffering and that's for numerous poor race design decisions. It's been like that basically forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just can't seem to get it right at all. Um, along with this you're getting a new season Dragonflight Season 2 which will rotate out the mythic dungeons available along with the Embers of Neltharion raid this will come with a new zone as well as a new micro zone much like Torghast but a lot less terrible also a new dragon riding mount will be available to earn um there's no exact release dates um it is set to arrive on the public test realm today so that is available to try out there all right now that's all i have for favorite game updates
0: (laughs) all right well looking at our industry news um some exciting updates um most of my section at least in the world of playstation so um for our PlayStation Plus March free games. Those are available now. We have Battlefield 2042 for PS5 and PS4, Minecraft Dungeons for PS4, and Code Vein for PS4. Then um, we also finally have full Discord voice integration um, they keep I, everything I see says full Discord support, but I have at least I haven't been able to figure out how to get screencasting to work. I don't know. I I think it's just for voice, but still, you can now join Discord chats via a PlayStation 5. So this is something I know I've been waiting for for a long time, though. I was hoping I would be able to uh, or no. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I you might be able to share the screen. I haven't been able to really play with it that much, but I it's not seeming that way.
2: And yeah. Yeah. you should have uh joined the Discord from your PlayStation 5.
0: Oh, and tested it out. Yeah. Let's see. Um I definitely want to do that here pretty soon because I wanna I want to see what the functionality is like. And I did some simple tests, but it wasn't much of much of anything Um, and then apparently a leak for the next PlayStation showcase um, says that it's going to set up the next phase of PS5 so um, I'm not sure what that means Uh, we're moving on to PS6 I I think what it's alluding to is like the pro or slim version um, coming down the line I know there's been ramblings about apparently new ways they've engineered the architecture to where they can make it more available they can use different parts and and not have the manufacturing issues they have i don't really know much about it and it's all just rumored leaks so we'll just have to see what happens when they have their playstation showcase um that's supposed to happen just before e3 and that's all i've got for industry news what do you guys have
1: Um, I have a few things that do involve Sony. I can start off with here as well. Uh, Jim Ryan has said that Microsoft may release PlayStation versions of Call of Duty where bugs and errors emerge only on the game's final level or after later updates. That's his new defense after the UK board, um, whatever their version of the FT is, has okayed the Microsoft acquisition of ABK, um, Activision Blizzard King. Um, Microsoft has responded to that with an official statement since the or here. Let me give you the exact let me see if I can find the exact quote from Jim Ryan. All right. So right here, the the entire quote from Jim Ryan on this is post transaction. Microsoft will need to make choices about the support it will provide to develop any PlayStation version of Call of Duty. Even if Microsoft operated in good faith, it would be incentivized to support and prioritize development of the Xbox version of the game, such as by using its best engineers and more of its resources. Um, So they believe that through these strategies, Sony, they believe a behavioral commitment from Microsoft to deliver Call of Duty to PlayStation owners would be difficult. Um, Sony claims that Microsoft has not shown any real commitment to reaching a negotiated outcome. We're going to ignore the attempted agreement for a 10-year contract between Sony and Microsoft here for Call of Duty on their platform. Um, Microsoft then responded by saying since the CMA issued its provisional findings, we have offered solutions which address its concerns and increase the deals benefits to UK players and game developers. These include guaranteed a parity between Xbox and PlayStation on access to Call of Duty and legally binding commitments to ensure that Call of Duty is available to at least 150 million more players on other consoles and cloud streaming pl- platforms once the deal closes.
3: And so also with that,
1: um, with the recent agreements with both Nintendo to bring the platform to bring to guarantee that Call of Duty is available on future Nintendo platforms, as well as with NVIDIA for their GeForce Now service for all of their entire Xbox uh, Games Pass library to be available for the GeForce Now streaming service. The EU did approve the Activision Blizzard purchase by this. Also, along with this, not too long ago, Microsoft requested access to various Sony documents dating all the way back to 2012 about their dealings with other developers and publishers for exclusivity contracts on their console. Um, The FTC said they don't need to go through all that paperwork, but they did grant them some of those. Any exclusivity deals since January 1st, 2019 will have to be turned over to Microsoft for use in the courts, and that will be used in August at the FTC trial between Microsoft and PlayStation here in the States. So now we'll get to see exactly how Sony goes about, you know, keeping Final Fantasy 16 on their console alone or or 15 or anything like that, as well as any deals they make with other developers. Developer of Dark and Darker, which is a dd and d ish style fantasy dungeon diving first person escape from Targov clone thing. Um, has been an early access here for the last uh, few months. Well, they're in a bit of a spat with South Korean developer and publisher Nexon. Uh, Nexon has stated that the developers of Dark and Darker that they have stolen various bits of code from the company as the developers of Dark and Darker left Nexon to form their own studio when the project, which was apparently similar to Dark and Darker, went under and was canceled by Nexon. Um, They were actually raided by police. I'm not entirely sure what a police raid is going to do to decide if code is stolen or not, but they were raided by police.
3: Uh, Beyond Good and
1: Evil 2 studio, the d- developer behind now the technically longest delayed video game in history behind uh, now surpassing Duke Nukem Forever. The managing director, May Carmona, has reportedly left the company and missed an investigation into the studio's work environment. Um, Ubisoft Montpellier, I can't read that. Pronounce that Montpellier, M-O-N-T. Montpellier, whatever. You said it. it. I don't (laughs) care. Um, They're currently under investigation uh, by the Inspection du Travail. I don't know what that is either. Essentially, it is... (laughs) It is a government body that is called in to investigate companies that are overworking their employees and not giving them a good environment. Ubisoft even acknowledged that this was happening and said that they were working with the organization to make sure that the employees at the studio are being taken care of. So it's not too surprising that the director, the managing director of this studio was given the boots. Also, Uh, Yuji Naka, the creator of Sonic, who was recently in the news for being arrested for insider trading, was arrested again for insider trading. This is for when he was working at Square Enix not too long ago. Apparently, he was buying shares in studios when they were giving contracts for working on specific mobile titles. He pleaded guilty to these charges and said that he, in fact, did purchase shares of stock based upon his knowledge at the company. And so he's just now awaiting for sentences. Lastly, here with Square Enix Square Enix President Yosuke Matsuda has been let go. He is being replaced by Takashi Kiryu. Um, and this is definitely after. Quite a few years of not much good coming out of Square Enix game wise, outside of a few hidden gems and the continued success of Final Fantasy 14. Uh, You had many commercial flops, such as the approval of Babylon's Fall, which did not do well, unfortunately, and a few others here. Final Fantasy XV being another one, and Forspoken being the third one here. Um, Matsudo will step down as president and the director of Square Enix Holdings, who will be taking over the spot. Um, This will be finalized pending the approval of the 34th Annual Shareholders Meeting in June, and the meeting of the board of directors will be held thereafter. Uh, Matsuda is definitely known for being recently tone deaf in the cries of anguish from fans of Square Enix games when he kept doubling down and tripling down on NFTs appearing in Square Enix games. So I'm sure most people aren't to see him go. All right. That's all I have for industry news.
0: All right. How about our entertainment news section?
1: I don't think we have anything. There's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out, and it looks like it's really trying to draw on the art style of uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but I just feel like it fails. (laughs) I just don't like the look of any of it at all. Whereas Spider-Man was super bright and colorful, except where it wasn't because of Spider-Man Noir. This is just dark and... Dank and
0: gross. Any uh, new game updates or announcements now that those are in um, the entertainment section?
1: From Soft has said, Elden Ring getting expansion sometime this fall or winter. Shadow of the Earth Tree set before, which may be set before the events of the main game. That's literally all the news we have. Uh, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. our time they announced this. That was it. That's all the news we have on it from soft said they they literally tweeted out rise tarnished and let us walk a new path together An upcoming expansion for Elden Ring shadow of the Ur tree is currently in development. We hope you look forward to new adventures in the lands between. Um, they released a screenshot or a piece of cinematic art which shows the Ur tree is not burnt to a crisp. So that is why it led to believe that it is prior to the events of the El- of Elden Ring. Hmm. Um, Hogwarts Legacy specifically the version for PS4 and Xbox One have been delayed to May 5th these are not being released on April 4th anymore it's just becoming more and more apparent that developing anything for these older generation of consoles is becoming nigh impossible and the Switch version is still on hiatus indefinitely. Uh, Paradox Interactive, known for a lot of mostly PC-centric games, but mostly strategy. strategy-wise, held a webinar where they announced a few new games being taken on. One of the ones that really interested me was called The Lamplighter's League. It's interesting. It looks a lot like XCOM, but you're like a bunch of Indiana Jones-style adventurers hunting down ancient artifacts and fighting evil. It looks really neat. Um, They did also release this in conjunction with Microsoft, so it might be coming to Games Pass. There's no guarantee on that yet. Um, So it looks like it's really cool in that sort of tactics-based, strategy-style game. They also announced City Skylines 2, follow-up to the very greatly... Thought of Cities Skylines, which has kind of taken over the the city building sim space that SimCity kind of left the hole in. This will be exclusive to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, S and PC. No last gen console, so that will not be held down. Um, so this is going to launch sometime later in 2023. They also teased a new sim called Life by You, from the former head of Maxis at EA, the former head of The Sims development. And you guessed it, it is a game a lot like The Sims. It is being called a Sims-like. There was a short video on it. Um, The trailer is itself only 52 seconds long. This really isn't a genre that has a lot of games working in it, so it's been... It's kind of weird that with how popular it is that this is the only competitor to The Sims that has been announced in ever. So That's a good
0: point. That's when you said Sims like I'm like, "Oh, that's a new category." And then my next thought was, "Wait, but why?" <laughs> like I'm not into it but it a looks lot like of people are. Yeah, so It is a
1: super popular super popular genre. And it's perpetuated by only one game, The Sims, which it's done by EA. Every time they release a new version, they cut back all the stuff they just released in the last one to resell <laughs> to you in fantastic EA fashion. And it only took $1,000 in DLC, but it's finally caught back up to where The Sims 3 was at when its life cycle ended and The Sims 4 started. Which means it's time for a r- 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 relaunch! So hopefully um, this new game, Life by You, will help kind of push EA into the better... better direction which ea when dealing with like exterior studios that they help publish they're really great but anything interior wise they are not great um so like anything with respawn for the most part um they do pretty well with um we also have a rumor that counter strike 2 is legitimate and it's coming just around the corner Um, This is going to be a Counter-Strike 2 engine update uh, to the Source 2 engine. So kind of like an update to CSGO, which is on Source. Um, They do believe that the major things will be that it will be 128 tick servers, which is incredibly important for a shooter. Um, That's what Valverette operates on, and that's why it's kind of outpacing Counter-Strike in a lot of aspects of people playing it and of being kind of in the national showcase for shooters for uh, eSports. But Counter-Strike 2 on the Source 2 engine can look to usurp uh, Valorant taking over that top spot. Supposedly, all the skins previously available, those will be safe for you as well, and those will carry over because, well, honestly, Valve's kind of a good guy here when it comes to development, as long as you don't want a game that has three at the end of it. (coughs) There's no uh, update on if Counter Strike Go will exist alongside Counter Strike 2 or whatever they decide to call it. However, if it is also released free to play and it's just everything's carried over, it doesn't really matter. Um, I think that will be just a good update to keep the player base connected. There was a lot of gripe with how they did that with Overwatch 2 and Overwatch, which was the good call to do. But they didn't even need to release an Overwatch 2, so they didn't even need to release an entirely new game. They could have just modified the one they had out since there was no difference to the engine or literally anything. Whereas in this case, it is the Source 2 engine as opposed to the Source 1.5, which you do have at the end of the lifestyle, life cycle of it, which Go was using. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are getting a two-part expansion this fall and winter. It is the hidden treasure of Area Zero. Now, it's not two expansions. It is one expansion split into two parts. Why? I don't know. It's Nintendo. They just want you probably to pay for it twice. I wouldn't be surprised if you did have to pay for it twice. Um, So, yeah, each one will be getting their own. Uh, There's not much
3: released on it.
1: So, yeah. Who knows? Let's see here. Oh, there was a write-up on it. I didn't see it. I only saw the trailer. They actually had more in the presentation. All right. So the DLC will be broken up into two parts. The Teal Mask planned for the fall 2023 release and the Indigo Disc planned for the winter 2023 release. The Teal Mask will send players to the mountainous region called Kitakami. Um... And the Indigo Disc will be set in Blueberry Academy, a sister school to the current two schools, and the academic institution serves as a base of operations in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So, yeah. Um, five new legendary Pokemon will have been added to the mix. So there's quite a bit, looks like, going on in this two-part expansion. And finally, 15 years later, Dragon Ball Z, Budokai, Tenkaichi 4 is on the way. So you rejoice in there. It's been forever.
2: That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that.
3: See, I'm looking for a release
1: date here. No release date. It looks like it was just announced. So, fans of the series, rejoice. Then also the studio behind the upcoming Witcher 1 remake, Fool's Theory and 11-Bit Studios. Um, They have their own isometric RPG on the way called The Thaumaturge. They did release a gameplay reveal trailer for it, and it looks great. It's an isometric RPG. So if that's a genre you're into, check this out. This game is for you. Finally, we have another game on the way from developer Deck 13 Interactive. They are the developers of The Search 13 and Lords of the Fallen, both uh, Souls-like games of their own rights and upcoming Lords of the Fallen 2. Um, they did just announce that the game Atlas Fallen will be getting a May release. Atlas Fallen does look interesting. Um... We've only seen cinematic trailers so far, but you're fighting giant sand monsters, and it does look gorgeous from what we've seen in the little bits of gameplay that we have. They did say they're going to have a much more gameplay reveal here coming up shortly. Um, It'll be on consoles and PC on May 16th, publisher Focus Entertainment announced yesterday. And so that is a really... That release date is really soon, considering we've seen a couple trailers, and that's about it. So, they're hoping to dazzle us with a new gameplay trailer coming up here shortly at another announcement. Uh, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League uh, has been delayed by Rocksteady yet again, and this is following a recent developer diary where they went over the live service aspects of the game. So hopefully they're going to take away the on requirement to play the game. We'll see there. But it was receiving a ton of backlash after that recent developer diary. And it was just it seemed to kind of just strip away all the personality and what all of the villains in the Suicide Squad were known for. For some reason, i don't know harley quinn was using a shotgun captain Bo- captain boomerang was using a minigun that's even worse why even using his boomerang using a minigun and you know you have shark who's not biting people's heads off he was also, you, you, using like a sledgehammer this makes no sense so hopefully they're gonna rework everything here and kind of make it a little bit better take away the always online requirement, which is just kind of a pox anymore lastly here i have that xbox and bethesda have officially announced that starfield will release on september 6 2023 for xbox series xs and pc this does mean that it has been delayed from its purported june release in the first half of 2023 um there was an entire trailer for this release followed by a little bit of interaction with todd howard kind of like an interview on it which Probably okay to delay the game, considering the slew of games we've had come out recently, especially large open world, especially hyped games such as cyberpunk flopping and needing a lot of work after release to get it into a great state for most people. Okay, that's all I have.
3: All right. Uh, How about the world of esports?
0: I know we have one major update over there that I saw. Did I do that?
1: Either or it's uh, something about the Olympics. Yeah, it's now an Olympics sport. Uh, you can take it because I'm just completely disappointed by it.
0: <laughs> it is disappointing in that the games that are featured are questionable, um, but I mean it's they're, a they're, it's a move in the right direction.
1: Games. There's substitutions
0: for actual sport. <laughs> But it, it's a move in the right direction,
1: though. Um, because, and okay, I, I, I speak. Olympic, tra- it's the Olympic Committee. It is not a move in the right direction.
0: Okay. okay, But by the Olympic Committee two years ago, it was brought the same exact topics brought up bringing esports to the Olympics. And it was basically laugh out of the meeting room. Um, it wasn't even worth talking about two years ago. So now the fact that it's that's there at all is signs of progress in the realm of of people legitimizing eSports as an actual
1: sport well'll see and the issue there is you just need to wait for time to move on and then the people who do legitimize it as an actual competitive entity they will be the ones making these decisions and now I do just want to say this isn't. These aren't included in the actual Olympics. This is the Olympic eSports week of 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 uh, what is this June 22nd to 25th in Singapore of this year. So it's not even actually part of the Olympics. This is to try out using the worst possible eSports possible.
0: <laughs> I guess we'll just have to see how it pans out.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you got virtual Taekwondo. You have chess. Chess, I chess would be interesting to watch. I'd watch an Olympic sport based around chess. That doesn't have to be esports. You can have the people be playing there live. I'm pretty sure um, that's already a thing. I don't think chess is in the Olympics. No. Um, you have virtual tennis, you have virtual wind sailing, you have virtual cycling, um, you have virtual racing done through Gran Turismo 7 can't remember which one they're using. But that one's actually interesting that auto racing isn't, you know, already a part of sport of the Olympic events and that would be kind of difficult to put together. You would need to find, you know, various tracks and stuff. So simulated racing would be good. I don't know if Gran Turismo is the best one to use. iRacing is as a sim by far immensely better back during peak COVID, uh many actual racing leagues even here in the US such as NASCAR switched to iRacing so they were competing with racing simulators as well, so iRacing is probably set up better, but... Well, then know. that's that's, that's
0: setting up the stage for exactly what we were talking about, though. If those a bunch of those are going to totally flop, but the one that's See, the not already about. got an equivalent, like the iRacing, if that does well, then there is empirical evidence that, oh, esports in the Olympics works, but... It only works with these games that aren't just digital replicas of what's already here. Then on the next iteration, let's throw in something else that's not having to do with these. And that's 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 our seed, right? That's how progress has
1: grown is is small victories. I'm glad you have a much more optimistic and better outlook on it, but I just view it as being set up for failure for them to see. So, yeah, cool. see, we told you so
0: yeah and i I know I'm optimistic, but I also have a pretty good amount of experience with how these things are are formed and handled bureaucratically on the other side um and that's why I say it's it's a good move because in a lot of these venues, progress is slow and it's iterative um
1: and, you, and this but you is, see if you went with something that was already major around the world, you have dota for for mobas you have Dota or league of legends or smite already huge money making institutions exist for those and that would draw in millions of people those are the largest streams you can find on the internet and any capacity with concurrent viewer counts, that's money. That's what the Olympics committee cares about. You have the same thing for CSGO or Valorant. You have the same thing. I guess I'll, I'll be a little a little lower for the fighting game community. If you throw up something like maybe Tekken or Street Fighter, you're already creating a much larger audience and bringing in a much younger demographic of and people who are going to be watching cyclists compete digitally in their own homes sure and and, and, and I'm not- later on exactly in the next year a lot of those same people are probably going to be com- competing live in cycling events
0: sure and i'm and i'm not arguing what ought to be i'm I'm telling you what is and how these bureaucracies function and the fact is they would never do that because that's going to be a risk for them right anytime you introduce anything even especially if it's a fighting game or a first-person shooter or something that imparts violence they're going to interpret that as this risk especially because I'll those give are you just you the sake let me violence. finish my sentence <laughs> listen this is how these things work is it's video games. It's an uphill battle. It has a negative stigma assigned to it. So the only way to get these committees to budge is by compromising with something that doesn't quote, feel like a video game. So the exact reasons that you're listing for why you don't think it'll work as well are, in fact, the exact reasons why the Olympic Committee would even be considering it to begin with. You have to do those bite-sized chunks. and I have, it's the exact same way that I had to do things to get esports accepted into my institution at the college level. Even though other colleges are doing collegiate esports, I had to make these silly little iterative changes with very similar situations where we first had to introduce games that like there's not competitions for and no one cares about but the administration nods says well that's a safe bet that's okay and then when that starts doing better than they anticipated they say okay maybe there's something to this maybe this is a negative stigma not something we should just be deciding is in the in the thought of video game equals bad when it comes to these old bureaucracies full of I I don't know how to better, how better to say this, but full of old idiots that just don't understand growing trends and new technologies, things have to be handed up in a very palatable manner.
1: Okay, so I do just want to point out here that the Olympics has six different martial arts already as actual events. So... (laughs) Something worried about Street Fighter or Tekken doesn't really seem valid to me. You have Western boxing, fencing, judo, wrestling, taekwondo, and karate, all part of the Olympic Games, specifically the Summer Olympic Games, which these esports are supposed to be emulating. I'm assuming they're literally supposed to be emulating them all yeah, minus my racing like, and chess.
0: Comparing virtual taekwondo to Tekken is like comparing learning martial arts to wwe there's there's a completely different point and purpose to what they're doing
1: i mean virtual taekwondo to regular taekwondo i don't even know how that's going to work but those two go one and one right together i you you were saying that you know you don't want anything like the violence of shooters i understand that or first person shooter i can understand not wanting that in there um especially maybe something as realistic as cs go Let's portrayed as realistically as that. But uh, holding something like Tekken or Street Fighter in the same light doesn't seem to hold water when the olympics already has actual violent fighting in it but it's it's
0: different because martial arts in the olympics is a point system you're you're using technique to get points versus a fighting game where the objective is to either kill or knock out somebody else the closest thing would be boxing and even that is on the fence And again, it's not just that violence. It's that violence associated with video games because video games already have a negative connotation to them, especially as it applies to video games cause violence. So when you're trying to get people to consider allowing video games to enter the doorway, you want to clear the field of all those negative stereotypes. So first you introduce very safe games that no one in their right mind can complain about. Then you enter games with mild violence or fantasy violence, and then you can keep progressing forward a little bit more. In my situation, we started with, again, the same silly game. So it could complain about then went up to things like Smash Bros. That's just kind of fantasy violence. And now we're introducing a Call of Duty League because we've put that experience underneath us and proven that this is something interesting and something that's not going to just make people go berserk and wild. But that that iterative process had to happen first. And that took years.
3: I mean, you can argue that all
1: you want. Um, I just believe, I honestly do completely and wholly believe it's not to measure interest. Interest has been measured already by actual television institutions. Esports leagues are prominent on actual television now through NBC and ESPN, CBS, Fox. Those are already, they're already prominent on there. That stigma has already passed. I honestly wholly do believe this is just an initiative to get it to be a failure so that they can stop hearing about the inclusion of them in the future. Because um, if anything was going to convince them to take it seriously, it would be that in one year, professional esports had a gross in- earnings of $1.44 billion. Mostly raised.
0: and. And I get for that. for a
1: four-year event, and that's all the Olympic committee cares about is money. That you can just oh, take a look at the last the last events held for that. And that's like I
0: said, everyone cares about money. I showed the same exact data when I was trying to get esports going. The same. Here's the venues that are, have exploded. Here's the money being made. Here's how college students are getting full rides by playing video games. But yeah. <laughs> people have this like when it comes to esports people have this disbelief factor that i can't logically explain because it's not logical um i all i can say is i and i know it's anecdotal but that's just what i've seen with my experiences they'll a lot of times administrators will nod their heads and say that's great it's great that these these 99% of other people made it work but it's just not going to work in our situation so we're going to say no um and you can show them every data point in the world about how if they do it, they're going to make millions of more dollars and they're just not going to believe you unless you do these small iterative phases. And again, I'm not explaining what ought to be or how I think it should be. I'm just explaining how reality functions when it gets when it comes to people trying to take esports seriously. Um, but at, at the end of the day, we'll just have to see how it
1: pans out. Terribly. That's going to go terribly. Viewership is going to be extremely low because anyone who cares will be competing because they already have the $15,000 e bike set up in their house to compete. Well, get your bets in now. I'm not betting on this shit. Oh my God. If the Olympics opened up professional, like legalized betting, oh my God. We'd have way more problems with the rigging than we already do.
0: That's not quite what I meant. but. <laughs> so let's move on. What have you been playing lately, Sasquatch?
1: Um, a lot. Most recently, um, I've been playing WoW on and off, continuing to do dungeons, doing all my normal stuff, not everything but mythic raiding. It's just, eh, it's hard to find a group to do mythic raiding with. Most people suck at the game. So... Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find people for that um most recently a lot of the new expansion for destiny 2 lightfall it is coming queen i can say extremely underwhelming now the gameplay and everything that's just fine adjusting to the new mod system has been a little thing which, I mean, makes it a lot easier for new players coming in because you don't have a lot of the stuff you had to previously find and dig up and stuff that's no longer available and some RNG based on there. So it's just a more baseline mod system, which is pretty easy to build craft around. Um, But yeah, the, the story, maybe my story expectations and... Lower expectations were just way too high. That was extremely underwhelming, but the game's still there. It's still Destiny 2. Really weird, questionable jump up in difficulty for things without increased rewards. Uh, Doc can attest to some things just seeming randomly extremely more difficult for no reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> some more new bugs occurring based on frame rates of players where if you have a higher frame rates, You take increased damage from various sorts that have a tick damage. So anything that drops fire on the ground, so you're looking at acolytes dropping fire. That hurts you more if you have a higher frame rate um so people have actually been testing it and when they drop down their frames to 30 as opposed to 120 or higher they take increasingly less damage and all those scion snipers seem to actually miss i could never dodge a scion sniper to save my life but it's something i'm going to try tomorrow and see if there's anything coming for that um i will have a review for that eventually but there's still a ton to do still a ton of i'm doing on that and i've also been playing Wolong, Fallen Dynasty. Um It's fantastic, minus some PC issues on that one, playing through those to get through it. It's a. People are calling it a Souls-like, but it's not. It's a Sekiro-like. It's from Team Ninja. They did Neo 2, which was a Souls-like. This is kind of the same formula of going around to different battlefields. Then you can reload in those and do side quests, but it plays a lot more like Sekiro rather than Dark Souls, or um, even at this point, Elden Ring, a much more popular one. And so I have that review coming on the way, and I've been really into ARPG, so I've been playing Diablo 3 on the Switch with my SO, because that's been fun. And so I've been playing a little bit of Path of Exile as well, getting ready for Path of Exile 2 to come out sometime this year, I believe. And I guess Diablo 4, of course, in June. How
2: about you, Doc? I love Destiny 2's Lightfall expansion. I uh, went through the campaign on Legendary, uh, did one of the um, exotic quest lines. I haven't had too much time to play, I've been pretty busy the last week. Um, Hopped into Final Fantasy XIV for a little bit. Uh, I got back onto Gungrave Gore after, after my hand finally recovered from the first time I played it. Um... They uh, added an auto fire feature, so you don't have to continuously pull the trigger to shoot, which is what caused my hand to cramp up and get
1: <laughs> very uncomfortable for a couple months. Um, what happened to your hand, Gungrave incident?
2: Yep, I, uh, I, the the first night I killed fifteen hundred enemies, so. That's a lot of that's a lot of trigger pulls. Yikes!
3: But with the uh, with the update, it's
2: great. Um, they added Bungie Kagashiro, one of the one of the alternate characters that you get to play for like one mission uh, as a fully playable character, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, he's kind of expensive to unlock. I haven't got him yet, but I'm I'm getting there. Let's see. I don't think I've played much else as far as video games this week. <laughs> yeah, what about you?
0: I haven't had a whole lot of time either. I've I've started the Legend of Dragoon now that it's on uh, PlayStation 4 and 5, uh, and I've been playing some Elden Ring and some Persona 5 as usual. Um, but I haven't had a whole lot of time for too much. Um, work's been kicking up pretty hard this last week. Um... But yeah, mostly Elden Ring and and Persona, I think. Um, And we, of course, have a second podcast that's going on now. So make sure to check that out as well with a link in the description for this one. Our specialty right now is discussing JRPGs. So... All right. It looks like that's going to do it for us this week. So thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And come join us in Discord, where you can hang out while we record any of our podcasts live. Thanks, everyone, and have a great weekend. See you next week.